so difficult to share this thing this morning on so many levels because something happened prior to this event that we're going to share. Um, I may have to rely on my cheat sheet here and then we're in really big trouble. But uh, we need you to believe this morning and we need you to stretch your faith because there's a storm coming and we need to see where that cleft of the rock is that the Bible speaks about. Um, this thing that happened prior to this event, we believe that this is what God wants us to see this morning. Um, last January, I was facing ankle surgery and retirement at the same time. I sought the advice of family and friends, but I really didn't feel confident in making that decision based on that. I needed the green light from above. I remember there was a day that uh, I was standing at my workstation at work, and I was asking God, I really need to know, Lord, now. And uh, I said, I I'm ready, you know, lay it on me, you know. When you say that you're ready, be, beware, because the answer's coming quickly. All, it's all God needs to know is to say that you're ready, you're willing. Well, I was at that point. The reply, the reply came very quickly, and that reply was, come to the place of intercession. Where is that God? I was, I was confused at that point. I came home, and I was looking through my Bible, searching for answers, and it, and it came to me, clear as day. David prayed in a, in a cave before battle. Daniel went up in the tower three times a day before he was led down into the lion's den. The Son of God went to the garden and prayed alone before he went to the cross. How much more do we need to go to the secret place that God has provided for us? The place of intercession is an intersection where we come together, where God meets us, where we decide whether to go the, his direction or we turn and go our own. The secret place is like the Holy of Holies that the Levites went to once a year, where they came to talk to God and God spoke to them. As we move towards this inner chamber, we kneel down and humble ourselves of all pride, self-ambition. We shed ourselves with these things that hold us back so God can speak to us. We walk lightly, speak softly to hear his voice. Do you see this this morning? And do you feel the need to come to this place daily? About a month ago, I was at... Um, I came to the men's Bible study, and uh, we watched a video. We sat down. We're talking about it, and I felt something up in his left side, just kind of under my heart. I felt like something tore. I didn't know what it was. I went to the restroom, and I was hemorrhaging internally. I was, I was bleeding massively. 
I was shocked. At that point, I didn't know what to do. I was considering my options. Should I drive myself to the hospital? I might not make it. So I went back to the meeting, just confused. I was just totally shocked. I sat there for a little bit, and, and uh, I thought, well, maybe I, if I sit here quietly, maybe magically it'll disappear. <laughs> but no, the faucet was running. I could feel it running inside of me. I was filling up with blood. Right there, I knew I was bleeding out. And I knew I had to leave right away. But how would I tell my wife? Would I make it to the hospital? I didn't know. I quick jumped to my car, and I, I drove like a madman home. I was getting lightheaded. I came into the house, and I told my wife, I said, something is wrong. I went and laid down, and I thought, well, maybe if I lay still, just kind of weigh my options, think about what, what's going on here. That wasn't the case. I started bleeding worse. I, I was just shocked. The blood was just pouring out of me. My wife came in there, and uh, she, she called her sister, who was a nurse, and she said, uh, have him drink some milk of magnesia. Well, we didn't have any. So she decided to get in the car and head to Walgreens, and I was in the restroom there, and uh, I started feeling very lightheaded from the loss of blood. I heard the garage door close, and I knew that she was gone. She had left. It was too late. I couldn't call out to her. I didn't have my phone. Then I thought about my daughter. Well, but she had just gotten a shower, and the shower's running. She couldn't hear me. I tried to get up and get help. I fell down face first in the tile floor in the bathroom. I don't know how long I was out, but uh, my wife returned, and uh, she found me there in a puddle of blood, and she called the ambulance. And for some reason, I felt like, well, I need to go to the other restroom and kind of clean up. I didn't want someone coming in and seeing me like this, you know, just covered in blood. It's kind of scary. So I laid down in this bathtub and thought maybe, maybe I could just clean off or something. I don't know what I was thinking. At that point, I was so lightheaded and weak. I tried to get up. I didn't have the strength. But I felt myself coming to this line, being pushed towards this line. I was in pain and nausea and just weakness. But I just cut being pushed to this line. I knew what was on the other line. I was fighting it. At that point, I told my wife goodbye, and I said, I'm done for. I can't do it anymore. And at that point, when I crossed that line, that pain disappeared. I started feeling better. Something had turned white. It had just gotten white in front of me. I was still conscious. At that point, the EMTs came in, and I seen my son in the hallway, and my wife was behind her. And the two EMTs were lifting me into this chair for whatever reason. I, why they put you in a chair, I don't know. But they were struggling with me, putting me in there. I seen all this. And also, it, it had gotten whiter and whiter. I mean, white is just white as snow at this point. I wanted to keep going. I didn't want to come back. I started feeling good. But at that point, I felt something pushing me down, back. 
apparently wasn't my time to go. So at that point, I have to turn the mic over to her because I don't remember anything until I seen the hospital entranceway, which, so she's got to take this part of the story the rest of the way. She kind of stole my thunder a little bit. But I might repeat a little bit of what he said. So. <laughs> um, God has a unique way of teaching us lessons. Uh, it seems like every time our family, everything is going smooth, I get kind of scared because we've been knocked down a lot during our marriage with different problems. So it's not, sometimes it's not always good to be on top of the mountain and think that you got it covered because that's when God's trying, trying to get your attention and teach you a lesson. And uh, he picks unique ways of teaching you lessons. This was no ex um, exception. Uh, th that night that Lee walked into the living room, um, I'll, that will be etched in my memory forever because if I, I feel like if I hadn't trusted fully God's promises and cried to him for mercy, we would be facing a whole different scenario today uh, because I, I had faith that God could heal. Uh, Lee walked through the door and he had that look on his face. I've seen that look before a handful of times before, but that look was one of seriousness, trouble, worry, and I just kind of sat there, and he says, Karen, this isn't good. And I'm like, oh, great, now what? Did he eat something that made him sick? You know, that was my first thought. He's sick. Um, so I waited a couple minutes, and then I, I went into the bedroom and saw him laying in, in the bed. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, my stomach is in knots. I don't feel good. So I got on the phone, my, my sister's uh, nurse, and I thought, well, maybe she's dealt with this issue before she could kind of tell me what to do about this. She, she said, Karen, I, I would get him something, but she said, I've seen this before. People die from this real quick, and it happens quickly. Go, she says, get him to the ER as soon as you can. Well, knowing that Lee had just retired a week before that, we were in between insurances. We had no insurance, and I knew if I took him to the ER, we would be socked with major, major medical bills. So I was kind of hesitant to, to call 911, but I knew in my gut that was what I should have done. So instead, I, I, against my better judgment, I drove to Walgreens, and I'm talking to the pharmacists and asking them their, what they think I should do. Their immediate response was, take him to the ER. So, so I raced back home, walked in the door, and went to the bedroom thinking he would be still in bed moaning and groaning, like when I left him, and I look in the bathroom, and he's laying on the floor unconscious in a pool of blood. So I immediately, didn't even hesitate, called 911. I needed my husband to be by my side. I didn't want to take chances. I didn't know what I was dealing with. I was in a panic. Um, so I called, I called my family. I called anybody who I knew at that moment that would pray with me because I was scared. I thought I was going to lose my husband. Um, when God gets you to that point and on your knees and you're crying out for mercy, you have to believe that he's going to be there for you. He's going to touch you. He's going to um, intercede for you. So, so when I called my family and prayed, they immediately stopped what they were doing, went into their prayer room, and they prayed. And I heard later that they didn't stop praying until they felt that God had released them and he would be okay, Lee would be okay. And that's where I want to be spiritually 
when somebody needs me to pray for them, don't say in just a minute. Don't say, I'll do it when I have time. Immediately stop what you're doing, kneel down and pray that God can help you because he's, he's the great healer. He can heal. He's healed numerous times in our family, and I knew he, he would be there for us that time too. Um, so, so I not only called my family, I called the EMT. I told, yelled for Sarah to call our son Tim, and they arrived kind of at the same time. I think, Tim, you said that you were following the EMT to the house. I could hear the sirens coming down, the, down Douglas immediately after I called, so they must have been pretty close by. Lee is, at this point, I had moved him to, to the bathtub because he wanted, he said he wanted to clean up because he could hear him coming, and I'm like in a panic thinking, this is crazy. Why are we doing this? And um, because all, all he was doing was bleeding and throwing up, and it was just a vicious cycle in and out of consciousness, and I go, this isn't going to help, but I was just trying to do, keep busy. Um, they all bursted into the house together, came into the bathroom. Um, after that, before they all came in, I was, I was like kneeling by the bathtub, praying, praying. <laughs> That's all I could do is pray. And that God would spare my husband's life. And um, I could tell that he was, I could just sense he was leaving. He was, his body was leaving me. It was silent. His face was white. And I was like, oh, please, God, please don't take him. And um, so, so shortly after that, the EMTs came, and I bowed out of the bathroom and got a list of his medications and what they needed. Um, they took him out in a chair, but the look on his face when, when they set him in the chair was something I could never, ever forget. And Tim can vouch for me. He, it was death. We knew the, we knew he was going, and um, I thought when you go in an ambulance, you just, you get in the ambulance, they rush you to the hospital, and that's it, and they take care of you at the hospital, not so much. They, it seemed like a half an hour to an hour, I don't even know, but I'm pacing, I'm pacing, like, what's taking him so long? Hurry up and get out of here, get him to the hospital. They were stabilizing him, evidently, because in about a half an hour, I went to the door, and I said, is he okay, is he breathing? Is, you know, what's taking you so long? And they go, we're, we're working with him. We're hooking him up to IVs and whatever they do. So, so Tim drove me to the hospital. I, I talked to the to nurses and doctors. They said they were going to monitor him through the night. They had him on a drip. Um, they were going to do an emergency blood transfusion if his blood counts dropped anymore. Um, they were going to monitor him for a colonoscopy and the whole the whole nine yards. Um, so so everything was in God's hands at that point. I stayed with him till the wee hours of the morning. Then I went home and I couldn't sleep. You know, when you're going through all that, it's like a nightmare. You can't relax to go to sleep. Um, so I was just sitting there praying, God, please help him, please heal his body. Um, after that. The phone rang, and uh, it was Lee, and I was like, thank you so much for calling me. I needed to hear your voice again. I needed to know that you're okay. He said he loved me and that he was okay, and then he was going to try to get some sleep. That song that I grew up with, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, 
I don't know if anybody knows that song, but I haven't heard that since I was a little kid. I haven't sang that song since I was a little kid. And that song kept going over and over and over in my mind. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Leaning on Jesus, leaning on Jesus, safe and secure from all alarm. And I just kept singing that over and over, and it, like, the peace just covered my whole body, and I was able to just relax and go to sleep for a couple hours that night. So I know that was a God thing, because when you're praying, God meets you where, you, where your needs are. He's there when you need help. So I want to share you a couple of things that um, during my, during this whole thing that God gave me to, to help me with this. I came across this devotional in my journal when I, when I can run to Jesus when he is my refuge, strength, and comforter, why would I fear anything? There is no need for fear. He is watching over me, and that sets my heart at peace. So quickly jumping forward to the next day after the whole procedure was over, we were waiting and waiting for the doctor to come back and give us answers. All the family was there. We were just sitting there patiently, and it took forever for him to come back. Finally, I said to the nurse, what's taking so long? Because I could see him over there looking at all the pictures that he had taken. And finally, he comes over a little bit later, well, a long time later, actually, and he's looking at the pictures, and he's like, I can't find anything. And I'm looking at him like, I looked at Tim's wife, I looked at my daughter, Rachel, who's a surgical tech, and she does this every day, and I'm like, is this guy some quack or something? What do you mean he can't find anything? My husband, years ago, was diagnosed with barracks, diverticulitis, ulcers, and he was supposed to be on medication, but at the time, he didn't want to go on the medication because it was so expensive, so he took his chances and refused to take it. So I'm like, they got to find something. You don't just bleed like that, and, and there's nothing there. So, and then the light went on. When we pray to God for healing, why don't we believe that God can heal? When we ask our friends and our family and our brothers and sisters to pray for us and they intercede for us, why do we doubt? So I just looked at everybody and I'm like, well, we all know what this is, don't we? It's a miracle from God. There's no other answers to this. He, he healed my husband. And the doctor looked at all of us in, like dumbfounded and he goes, you are Lee Eisen, aren't you? And we, we, we all laughed and we're like, well, yeah, why, you know? And so even my daughter looked at the pictures and she says, Dad, there's nothing here. I can't see nothing either. So we know God healed Lee. We know that, he, that people interceded for us. Um, So in closing, I want to read this Psalms, Psalms 28, 6 and 7. He has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. I will give thanks to him in song. The Lord covers every imaginable situation we face today. Don't ever doubt it. We only need to trust him and take his hand in faith. So, so in closing, I want to... I want to um, tell everybody, make sure your hearts are right before him so when, God, when somebody asks you to pray and, and you need intercession, listen to God's voice and trust that he can heal.
know many of us are in situations like this. I know I was. And, uh, but I'm here only because there was a faithful few that dared to go into the secret chamber and intercede for me. If it wouldn't have been for that, I know I would not be here today. So that's why I, I felt like to share this first part that I did that I believe God really wanted me to share that. I don't know if you guys seen that or if I explained it badly, but um, it gave me a new awareness of what um, what this is about, what, what God expects from us. Well, this song is a secret place. My heart is like a house. One day I let the Savior in. There are many rooms. But we would visit now and then. But then one day we saw the I said, Jesus, I'm not ready for us to visit in the heaven. That's a place in my heart where even I wouldn't go. I had some things in there. I didn't. Handing you the key, the 
Let me go. Just 